Did you catch me running up here? Did you? No? I'm ending the way I started the year. In a hurry. <laughs> it's good to see you. How many of you had a great Christmas? Huh? And when I say great, I mean, you know, how many of you were filled this Christmas? I was filled. I'm still filled with tamales. Uh, you know, I love tamales. I really do. But, you know, I had to have some pasteles, too. That's like the Puerto Rican version of tamales. And it's on a banana leaf. We had that, too. And see, I, I'm, I believe in diversity of food. And so the other day, my wife and I went to a Filipino restaurant in Tulare. It's good. In fact, we're going back, like real soon. Like maybe even today if they're open. I mean, I'm just, but we're full. We're blessed. Uh, listen, I'm, I'm excited about this new series called Blessed to Bless. Blessed to Bless. And today we're going to be focusing on the original blessing that we find at the beginning of the Bible in the book of Genesis. But before we go there, I want to continue the conversation that happened a couple of weeks ago. You know, the donut conversation. Uh, someone has written, as you travel down life's pathway, may this ever be your goal. Keep your eye upon the donut and not upon the hole. That's good right there. In other words, sometimes we miss out in life of the blessings because we're so focused on what is lacking instead of perceiving what is around us that is a blessing. God, by His very nature, is a blesser. That is the heart of the Father is to bless you and I. God desires us to be blessed. And from the beginning, we're going to discover that His intent has always been to bless His people. And as I've said, rather than concentrating on the trials of life, what we should fix our attention upon is the blessings. I want to encourage you to join me in saying with the psalmist in Psalm 68, 19, Blessed be the Lord. Who daily, when? Daily loadeth us with benefits. Now let's look at the original blessing. It's found in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 28. And I'm reading out of the New King James. Genesis 1, verses 26 through 28. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Did you catch that last one? You see, God knew there were going to be creeps on the earth. See, He knew, he knew it. But He's given you dominion. It continues. So God created man in His own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. 
have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Yesterday, I finished a book entitled Double Blessing, written by Pastor Mark Batterson. And in the book, there was a sentence that he penned that really struck a chord to, in my heart. And that is, this is what he wrote, any theology that starts with original sin, not original blessing, is false theology. And it betrays the heart of our Heavenly Father. And when we look at this passage in Genesis 1, we discover that indeed, from the beginning, the heart of God is revealed in the fact that He blessed humankind. He blessed mankind immediately off the bat. Because that is His heart. And today, as we look into this original blessing, I want to focus on three statements or phrases that we find within the context of this passage of Genesis 1, 26-28. The first is, in our image. In our image. In the Blue uh, Life uh, Bible, uh, the red letter, or the blue letter Bible rather, there is a commentary on this phrase, in our image. The commentator points out that there are at least three aspects to the idea that we are made in the image of God. First, it means humans possess personality. It means humans possess personality, knowledge, feelings, and a will. This sets man apart from all animals and plants. Secondly, in our image, it means humans possess morality. We are able to make moral judgments and have a conscience. And thirdly, it means humans possess spirituality. Man is made for communion with God. It is on the level of spirit that we communicate with God. There is a phrase that is found in the Psalms that says, Deep cries out unto deep. What the psalmist is revealing is that within mankind, there is a longing, there is a desire to connect with God. And that part of us that longs and desires to connect with God is our spirit. After Adam and Eve disobeyed God and sinned, the result was they experienced death. Not physically initially, but spiritually. Spiritual death means separation from God. But God, right after they had sinned and disobeyed Him, set in motion the plan of redeeming humankind. And the Bible reveals that in spite of the fact that they sinned, God created for them or made for them coats of skin. In other words, there was a sacrifice of an animal that had to be made in order for them to be covered so that they could continue to be in the presence of God. And that represents what happened with Jesus Christ. He became our sacrifice so that we could be covered in His righteousness 
Jesus so that we could be connected to God. And the Bible reveals that you and I, before we came to faith in Christ, Ephesians 2 reveals that we were dead in our trespasses and sin. What part of us was dead? It was our spirit. But then that same passage in Ephesians 2 says that we were made alive. What part of us was made alive? Our spirit being. Now you and I can enjoy with God a communion that is lasting. And not just lasting, but everlasting. You and I can have a connection with God that no animal and no plant can have with God. Because we represent the highest form of God's creation. We represent the part of His creation that He did not speak into existence, but rather He fashioned and formed with His own hands to let us know, you are valuable to me. You are created and crafted by me, the Creator, who wanted to personally get involved in your formation, in our image. As noted in the Life Application Bible, how are we made like God? The phrase, let us make man in our image according to our likeness, does not mean that God created us exactly like himself, especially in a physical sense. Instead, we are reflections of God's glory. God is sinless, eternal, and unlimited. Although we are given potential to be sinless and eternal, we also are given the choice to fall short. We will never be totally like God because He is our supreme creator. It continues, our best hope is to reflect His character in our love, patience, forgiveness, kindness, and faithfulness. We are made like God and therefore share many of His characteristics and emotions. Knowing this provides the basis for self-worth. Watch this. Self-worth is not defined by possessions, achievements, physical attractiveness, or public acclaim. Self-worth is knowing that God created us in His likeness. Criticism or downgrading ourselves is criticizing what God has made. Because we are like God, we can feel positive about ourselves and our abilities. Knowing that you are a person of infinite worth gives you the freedom to love God, know Him personally, and make a valuable contribution to those around you. I want to remind you, you are not the product of some mindless evolutionary process. You are not the result of beginning as a little tadpole in some kind of body of water who then became a, a monkey and then was hanging on a tail on a tree. And then when your tail fell off, you became like an ape and eventually you became a man. No, you were not made that way. You are not the result of a cosmic accident of planets coming together and as a result creating chaos. You are not the result of chaos. You are not the result of an accident. You were created by God. You are valuable. You were made in His image. 
You are not an accident. You are an assignment. It is important for me to point out that after the fall of man, that is, after Adam and Eve sinned, after they disobeyed God by succumbing to the serpent's or the devil's temptation, the image of God became effaced, not erased. What do you mean, Pastor? In my hand, I hold a $20 bill, and it has the image of a president who is long gone right now. Okay? And this $20 bill is worth how much? $20. Now, if I crumple it up, and I throw it on the ground, and I step on it, How much is it worth? It is worth still $20 because of the image that it bears. And even after Adam and Eve sinned, they still had the semblance of the image of God within them. That image had been Marred. That image had been effaced. It's even like with coins. If you, if, if they're handled for a while within your hand, the image of that coin will become effaced. It will be, if you drop it, if it, it hits an ob, another object, it can become scratched and effaced, but the image will never be erased. What image? The image of God in a person will never be erased. This is important that you understand. This is why you're valuable. This is why you matter because you are not some cosmic accident you were created designed by God himself and he gave you your own designer genes you're valuable you're valuable this is still twenty dollars now the other day I shared in Cutler that I went to the ATM and I, I took some money out and, and I was putting some back in, 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 uh, in a different account. And, 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 and here's the thing that I took some to pocket and I took some to put in another account, right? And, and all was going well when, when I was inserting to put in the other account. Except I noticed, noticed that as I was, you know, because you gotta, you gotta like get your hand and make, treat it, treat, treat, use your hand like it's a plancha, right? Like it's an iron. Right, if you want the money to go in, right? So I, I made sure all the bills were all, except one of them, a $50 bill had a tear. And I thought, okay, but I'll just, you know. Why y'all laughing? Don't act like you don't do that stuff. I wanted to make sure the money got in there. But here's the thing. That it kept saying that not all would go in, and, 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 uh, that I'd be getting some money back. And sure enough, out of all the bills that came back, it was only that $50 torn bill that came back. And I kept trying twice, I, two more times I tried. And still, it kept, the ATM machine kept spitting it back out, giving it back to me. And I thought about that. That that is so unlike God. Because you can come to God after being tattered and torn by life.
trials, troubles, and temptation. And you can come to the door of His very throne room. And you don't have to worry that if you come in, you're going to be spit out. You're going to be ejected. You're going to be evicted. No. The Bible says, having therefore confidence to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Why? Because there is an image of God that has been stamped on you. And the blood testifies that you are worth. Woo! Y'all came clappy happy. Let's see how clappy happy you get now as we move to the next phrase. Male and female, he created them. Male and female, he created them. In the Blue Letter Bible app, there is a commentary that includes study guides on the different books of the Bible written by David Gusick. And David Gusick shares the following. In our day, many say that there is no real difference between men and women. This makes sense if we are the result of mindless evolution, but not if it is true that male and female, he created them. To God, the differences between men and women are not accidents. Since he created them, the differences are good and meaningful. Listen, men are not women and women are not men. One of the saddest signs of our culture's depravity is the amount and the degree of gender confusion today. Watch this. It is vain to wonder if men or women are superior to the other. A man is absolutely superior at being a man. A woman is absolutely superior at being a woman. But when a man tries to be a woman, or a woman tries to be a man, you have something inferior. CWC Life Family. These two categories, male and female, are not merely descriptive of all humans. They are prescriptive. They are not two outer ranges with a gradation between them. They are two categories, male and female. That means that you were created genetically as either a woman having two X chromosomes or as a man having an X and Y chromosome. God created us this way for a reason. He created the sexes so that both a man and a woman are necessary for the process of procreation. He created men and women to be different, to need one another. Jesus reinforces this to us in Matthew's Gospel, in Matthew 19.4, where He declared, Haven't you read, he replied, that at the beginning, say beginning, 
the Creator. Who? The Creator made them male and female. Because God created gender, it is sacred. It is who we are created to be. It is God's design for us. Listen, church, sexuality is sacred. Gender is God-decided, God-given. To say, God created me a woman, but I am really a man, is to say that the sovereign, almighty God of eternity made a mistake. If you ever come to a place in your life where your will comes into opposition to God's will, I want to recommend to you that you tread very lightly. If you ever say, I am right and God is wrong, guess what? You are wrong. God does not make mistakes. He does not and He cannot. You can fight against His will or accept it. Now, what does it mean to fight against God's will? God loves us and has given us the gift of choice. But God does not give us the privilege of determining the outcome to what that choice entails. The consequences are bound to the choice. God created you for a specific purpose. And you get to decide whether or not you will fulfill that purpose. However, you do not get to determine the consequences of for not fulfilling that purpose. Listen to me. When you live your life in accordance with who God created you to be, you will find satisfaction and joy. When you fight against it, however, it always results in confusion and sorry. And I don't care what is signed into law and propagated in our schools today about gender. I say, as Paul said in Romans 2, let God be true and every man a liar. God has not changed. Sexuality is sacred, which means that gender is sacred. God created us to be either male or female. It is who He created you to be. God decides, and listen, He created you for a purpose. In Jeremiah, He told the prophet before, in Jeremiah 1.5, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. I want you to get a hold of that. Even before you were a thought or an idea in your dad and mine's mind, uh, mind I want you to understand God was already thinking about you. God 
was already choosing you. God was already deciding of you coming into this earth. What for? Not just to show up, but to experience what it is like to have His blessing on your life and live a life that is meaningful and purposeful. God did not create you to be thought of as an accident. God created you on purpose for a purpose. You have a reason. And you may say, but pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. I'm battling with my understanding of my identity. But I want to make it clear. You may be battling it, but God already decided who you are. And if you'll submit to Him, He will, through His blessing, give you the power to live out who you were created to be. When someone makes something, there is usually a purpose behind it. You don't simply throw something together and then ask, okay now, what can I use it for? If you want to make a refrigerator, you start with its purpose, to keep things frozen or cold. And then you design everything around that. If you don't know something's purpose, it is likely to be abused. Now, say that you want to hang up a picture in your bedroom. You have a nail, but you do not have a hammer. You see an alarm clock sitting there, so you use it as a hammer. First, that is not the most effective way of hammering in a nail. So there is bound to be frustration. Second, It is really bad for the alarm clock because that is not what alarm clocks were created to do. Do you want to know why there are so many broken and abused people today? It is because they do not know their purpose. When you don't know the purpose of something, it is likely to be misused or abused. So let me reiterate, the first step is understanding that God has created you and that God has created you for a purpose. The goal of life is loving God and discovering the purpose for which you were created. And what were you created for? The Bible reveals it in the third phrase, then God Blessed them. Then God blessed them. Notice, He created them, and then it says, Then God blessed them. The first thing God did for man was to bless him. Without the goodness of God's blessing, human life would not only be unbearable, it would be impossible. Now, what does it mean to bless? To bless is not only to bestow a gift, but also to assign a function. Not only to bestow a gift, but to assign a function. Did you notice that the Bible reveals that God created mankind? What for? He said, let them have dominion. Let them have dominion. I want you to understand that when God created you, it was so that you could have dominion. You were not to be, neither was I created to be dominated. We are not to live our lives enslaved by anyone or to anything. 
thing. There may be things that have come about that have been addictions in our lives or have been hurts in our lives. God has created us not to be bound to our hurts, not to be bound to any substance or any addiction. No, you weren't created to be a slave to anything. Child of God, you were created to dominate. You were created to rule. You were created to freedom through Jesus Christ. And there is nothing that ought to be ruling your life. (sighs) Now, the Hebrew word for blessed is barach. Barach. Not the K at the end. Barach. Some of you are like, no, yeah, go to your blue letter Bible app and you say, barach. And meaning to bless, to salute, congratulate, thank, praise, to kneel down. The Spirit-Filled Life Bible Word Well footnote points out in Old Testament times, one got down on his knees when preparing to speak or receive words of blessing, whether to God in heaven or to the king on his throne. Watch this. From God's side... He is the blesser, the one who gives the capacity for living a rich, full life. The first action of God, the creator, was to bless them. I want you to understand, God did not create you just to get by. God did not create you just to have enough. God created you to have more than enough. Deuteronomy 8.18 says that it is God who gives us power to get wealth. I want you to understand, I'm not talking about some faulty theology that says, name it, claim it, blab it, grab it, possess it, confess it, possess it. No, I'm talking about the fact that no matter where you're at in life right now, if you get the blessing of God in your life, it's going to upgrade you. It's going to elevate you. It's going to move you beyond your limited resources into experiencing what His unlimited resources can do as you present yourself as a conduit and channel for His blessing, not only to come to you, but to flow through you. A commentator by the name of Holiday says of this word, Barach, like that, huh? When God is the object, it means to declare God the origin of power for success, prosperity, fertility, or fruitfulness. As we wrap up this message, I want you to get a hold of this. God's first commandment to man was to be fruitful, to multiply, fill the earth, And walk in authority in creation. There are over 50 different types of fruit mankind can produce in life. That is the fruit of our lips and mouth, according to Proverbs 12, 14. The fruit of one's labors, according to Philippians 1, 22. The fruit of the womb, according to Genesis 32. The fruit of thoughts, according to Jeremiah 6, 19. These harvests are the result of this command. God, I want you to see, before He told them, before 
before he told them, be fruitful and multiply. He blessed them. God, whatever he commands you to do, he is going to be sure that you're blessed first so that you can accomplish it. And so I want you to understand that wherever you are, whether you are self-employed or you are employed by a company or you are the employer, I want you to understand God wants to bless the fruit of your labors. He doesn't want you just to get by. He wants you to experience His blessing. Not so that you can hoard it, but that you can be a conduit, a channel of His blessing. And in the name of, in the words of Dr. E.B. Hill, if He can get it to you, through you, then He will get it to you. I'm saying to you, whenever you decide, I'm not going to live for to build a monument, but I'm going to live to keep up the movement of His kingdom forward. God will bless your life. When you decide in your life that you're not going to live just to make a name for yourself, but rather to lift up His name, God will put His blessing on your life. And you will not be able to contain what He pours out on you, but you will be able to channel it through you, and people around you will experience the blessing that God has put on your life. And God, for the, and I know we're, we're practicing it in this house. Some of you are blessed in having children like you know it. You're multiplying. Uh, that's what I like about this church. We practice the Bible. Be fruitful and, and we having babies. But there's some of you that may not be able to have children. I want you to know why God told them to be fruitful and multiply. Was because of what mankind bears His image. God wanted more image bearers to populate the earth so that more of the reflection of His glory could be manifested in other places in the earth. Parents, I want you to understand, God gave you those children not just to launch them toward a career, but to instill in them and invest in them and implant to them. You are an image bearer. And whatever God has blessed you with, God wants to work in you to extend the influence, impact, and blessing of His kingdom in the earth. He wants to you to take your giftings and in places of darkness manifest the light of His glory and reveal that God is greater than any opposition to His purpose. You are an image bearer and you are blessed by God, not just to repeat history. You are blessed by God to make history. God has blessed you to be the you you to be. You were not made accidentally. You were made intentionally. You were not made merely to survive. You were made to thrive. You were made on purpose for a purpose. And God has not assigned you to a life of barrenness. No, He's assigned you to a life of fruitfulness. Jesus said it in John fifteen sixteen. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And I've appointed you to bear fruit. And what kind of fruit? Fruit that will last. 
I want you to understand that I'm living my life not just to be able to be blessed by God. I want to be a blessing. By the time I'm laid down, said I'm put in the ground six feet under, I want it to be said of me that even if you try to wring him out, you can't get anything out more out of him. Because I want to be like Paul was. I want to live my life as a drink offering. I want to give God everything without reserve, without retreat. I want to give God everything. Why? Because I understand His blessing on my life is not to be hoarded. It is to extend the glory of His kingdom. It is to extend the power of His name. I'm not here just to fill a spot. I'm here to take territory for the kingdom of God so that other people can know that there is life and life more abundantly through Jesus Christ. Woo! Hmm. I'm dangerous. And I'm armed. Oh, he's packing. No, no, not like that. Okay, don't get But I am blessed, and you are blessed. And you're blessed to be a blessing. And as we get ready to wrap up 2019, I want to encourage you to make up your mind. You're not going to go into 2020. To be a survivor. Oh no, I'm going to thrive. I want the blessing of God in my life. I want His touch. Because if I have His touch, not only will I be transformed, He can work through me to transform. He can work through me to be an agent of change. I want His blessing. God didn't redeem you just to have a relationship with Him. He redeemed you and I to rule under Him and extend the power, the working of the power of His kingdom in the earth. You are called to have dominion, not to be dominated. Father, I thank You for Your Word today. I thank You for Your Word today. Blessed to be blessed. Blessed to bless. Blessed to bless. Blessed to bless. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your faithfulness throughout this year of 2019. We sang about it today. You've been faithful. You've been faithful. There hasn't been a moment when you haven't been with me in this year of 2019. You've been faithful, God. You've been faithful. And I thank you for the blessings that I've enjoyed. And also that through you, there have been trials that I've been able to endure. And I'm still standing because of your faithfulness and your blessing. But God, truth be told, I want to go into 2020 with 2020 vision. I want to have clarity. 
I want to see things clearly. I want to see with your eyes. I want to see through your blessing that enables me to see the unseen. Like Elisha's servant, sometimes it seems like I'm surrounded by obstacles and opposition and troubles and trials. And there seems to be no way out. But when he prayed and said, open his eyes that he may see you revealed, uh, he was not at a deficit. He was not at a disadvantage. He discovered when his eyes were opened, more are those that be with us than those that be against us. He discovered that he had the resources necessary for the victory. And as we prepare to go into 2020, God, give us eyes to see that through your blessing we have what is necessary to make 2020 even a more fruitful year than 2019 was. To experience God through your blessing, the leveraging of our influence and impact to expand the borders of your kingdom working, God. And the borders of my inheritance can reach their intended end. Oh, come and bless indeed. Come and bless indeed, Father. I'm going to ask those of you that would say, Pastor Angel, I want to go into 2020 with the blessing of God. I want you to make your way forward at this time. I want to go into 2020 not with the mindset of surviving, but of thriving. You come. I want to have the understanding that I am not here by accident. I'm here on assignment. I want to have dominion through the authority that God gives me over anything that would try to hinder or hamper my life from experiencing the fruitfulness that God wants me to enjoy in 2020. You come. I want the blessing of God. I want the blessing of God. I want the blessing of God. I don't want to be found barren in 2020. I want to live my life experiencing fruit and lasting fruit through the blessing of God. And I realize I need His touch. I need His touch. I need His working. I need His blessing, Lord. Father, we come, we come, we come. And I pray right now, Father God, stretch forth Your hand to touch Touch our minds. Touch our hearts. Touch our bodies, Lord. Touch, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I want to go into 2020 with the mindset of more than a conqueror. 
Yes, Lord. I come. I come. There's some of you still. You need to get up here. Because you know you need the blessing of God in your life. You need the blessing of God. Some of you have been hindered and hampered. Not by others, but by your own words. And today it's time to break off the curse of your words. You said, I can't long enough. You said, I don't have what it takes long enough. God wants you to know with His blessing on your life, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. In all things, you will be more than a conqueror. No matter what those things are that you will confront in 2020. You come. You know that's you. You come. And you ask for the blessing of God. You call upon Him. His ear is not deaf that He would not listen to your cry. He hears. He hears, but He also heeds. He acts. He works on behalf of those that call unto Him. Yes, Lord, we come to You. We come. We draw near to You, Lord. And I pray for Your blessing. I pray for Your blessing here today, God. Upon Your sons, Your daughters, I pray Your blessing, Lord, upon each individual that comes today and says, God, I want to have Your blessing. I want to have Your blessing on my life so that I can be the person that You created me to be. That I may live fully, completely the life that You've intended me to experience and enjoy. That You created me to live out, Lord. I want my purpose. I want my purpose, my God-given purpose fulfilled. God, I pray right now, power of God come and empower, empower that the purpose of God will be realized. The purpose of God will be fulfilled. Yes. We agree right now for breakthrough. You are my breakthrough, Jesus. And I thank you that through your blessing, breakthrough is mine. Breakthrough is mine. Breakthrough is mine. That's it. Just call on Him right now. Call on Him. That's the key. Call on Him. Just like Jabez prayed. Oh, that You would bless me indeed. And enlarge my territory. That Your hand would be upon me. And that You would keep me from evil. Bless.